0: Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, this is Unnecessary Roughness.
1: Unnecessary Roughness. Caught at the twenty, racing near sideline ten, turn into the five, touchdown Raiders! The crowd applauds because Las Vegas just win, baby!
0: Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, nine twenty a.m. Here's your boy Q.
1: Kicking off hour number three of the show, no Lincoln Kennedy, that's okay, no worries. We also have the Ultimate Raiders hookup, going to get you in to win that multiple times this hour, 415 and 430, so go ahead and bookmark that. Uh, Make sure you hold that down, that's a couple tickets to the final game of the season versus the Chiefs, a couple field passes, and also an autographed Raider jersey will get you in to win with a $35 Raider image gift card, that'll get you in to win the Ultimate Raiders. Raiders hookup we will hear from Patrick Graham defensive coordinator he met with us earlier today at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center him and offensive coordinator Mick Lombardi but I think we'll focus in on the defense of what Patrick Graham had to say so that coming up uh, probably around 4:30. also want you to hear from Lincoln Kennedy Uh, We recorded the Raiders roundtable earlier today. It was JT, Lincoln, and myself uh, over there at Raiders HQ and got into a lot of different conversations, obviously, about the game on Saturday against Pittsburgh, the upcoming game this Sunday against the 49ers. And then, of course, the conversation of Josh Jacobs came up, you know, the emotions that he had in the locker room. And then JT asked the question. I thought it was a fantastic question because sometimes things don't always work out the way that everyone expected. So he asked them straight up, Does he think that this can work? And so he said, well, this could work by what? Well, that is, you have Devontae Adams, you have Darren Waller, you have Hunter Renfro, you have Josh Jacobs, assuming that he's going to be back. But that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be back. But let's just say, for the sake of argument, that he is back. That's four guys that are obviously going to demand the ball. Can this work and this offense work with all those guys needing the ball? I
2: I played with Charlie Garner. I played with Tim Brown. I played with Jerry Rice, all on the field at the same time. Mm-hmm. It comes down to the quarterback and the quarterback decision-making. Rich Gannon, I, I, I count. I can't tell you how many games I walked off the, 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 the field after an unsuccessful offensive try where every single guy was crying that he was wide open. Why didn't I get the football? Rich Gannon came down. And he's like, look, there's only one football. I've got to find a way to spread it out. It's going to come down to quarterback decision-making to answer your question. Can it work? Yes, but it comes down to this decision-maker who's on the field. Not so much a play caller. It comes down to decision-making on the field. The quarterback has got to make the right decision. He cannot be programmed that this football has to go to Tim Brown. He cannot be programmed that this football has to go to Jerry Rice. That has to go to Charlie Garner, whomever open the best to keep this team. It comes down to decision-maker on the field. That's how it's got to work.
1: So that was Lincoln Kennedy. Just a nice little preview right there of the Raiders roundtable. And Lincoln Kennedy is very passionate about these conversations, and I love having him on that show. And, uh, you know, it was it was really good to have him on today in particular because of obviously at the end of the season there's a lot of questions to be made around the whole roster, not just with the quarterback position. But knowing JT's question, can that offense work? You heard Lincoln's answer. It can work as long as the quarterback is not programmed to just throw it where it's supposed to go. So I guess the question that I ask, and DeMond, I'll start with you. I guess the question I ask, is the quarterback that's currently the quarterback, is he a guy that's going to make the play that might not be programmed to make the play? You know what I'm saying? If if Reed 1 is Devontae and Reed 2 is Darren, is it going to be Reed 3? Is it going to be Reed 4? Is it going to be the open guy? Or is he going to throw the rock where the play is designed to throw the rock regardless?
0: That's a tough one because we've seen Derek Carr make those plays before, but right. as of right now, what we've seen, it seems that yes, he's going to where the play says that it's supposed to go. And I, like Lincoln says, where it's the decision maker mm-hmm. because sometimes maybe Josh McDaniels is designing up the best play possible. But if you're if that option A isn't open, well, what's Derek Carr doing? And then we've seen also him revert. You know the checkdown. We always heard the news. Hey, Derek Carr, check down this. He's a checkdown Charlie, but. We see when he he does air it out. Right. He's got a great deep ball, mm-hmm. but maybe the deep ball just isn't always open, or he always says it in the press conferences. Hey, that's not what that play was designed for. Right. Or what what was the actual purpose of that play that was that was brought up? Because when remember when Dan Arlowski had the great breakdown on NFL Live, and people were sending it to you, and then yeah. it just wouldn't work on an audio medium. Right. But Derek Carr, he responded to that by saying, "Hey, you can see that after the fact." You can see that, hey, that guy happened to be open. Mm -hmm. But in the moment, you're the quarterback. You are supposed to see that that guy is open. Yes, everyone can be Monday morning quarterback and say, hey, how didn't you see that guy open on this play or that guy open on that play? But you as the quarterback, as the decision maker, as Lincoln called it, it is on you to be able to see that guy and not just say, well, it's easier to do it in hindsight. Yes, of course and we're not playing quarterback in the league, right? but the great ones do make those plays.
1: Right, exactly. And so the thing about it, and what I loved about that comment from Lincoln was he wasn't saying that Carr can't do it, right? So he wasn't he wasn't bashing him. He wasn't saying, well, he's not programmed to, to do something else. He's not going to just go to the first read. But the question is, will he? Will he go to multiple other reads, right? I mean, that's the thing about it. So that's why I thought that the answer was great, and I love the way that he said it. Look, Tim Brown, Jerry Rice, those are Hall of Famers, right? Charlie Garner was damn good. He was fantastic, and so you can you can look at the guys that the Raiders have right now, and everyone wants the ball, just like Josh Jacobs wants the ball. At some point, it's it's just got to, you've got to be able to get it to your playmakers, regardless. You know, wherever the play is designed to go, you know things aren't don't always go the way that they're designed to go. So, are you going to again make chicken salad out of chicken? You know what? Or are you going to just throw the ball away, throw it in the dirt, run for you know one yard or no yards? Right Or just, are you going to eat the ball? You know what I mean? So that's the, I think that's the question moving forward. If you're going to have all these weapons that the Raiders have, are you going to be able to be a quarterback that's going to be able to take advantage of all of them? That, that I thought, again, when JT asked the question about if he thought that this offense could work, I thought that was a phenomenal answer. Again, you want to hear the whole podcast, and I encourage you to do so. You can check it out on the Raiders YouTube coming up. Uh, well, it's on the Raiders YouTube right now, but don't check it out till 5. And then if you want to hear the audio version, you can do that at 5 as well here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Got a text from uh, the 707 on the don'tbebroke.com text line 69187, keyword r and And, of course, we'd love to hear from you. I literally tweeted out the same thing Lincoln said after Carr forced the ball to Devontae when he was in tight double coverage and Hunter Renfro was wide open for a touchdown. So that's, that's a text from the 707. Just responding to what Lincoln had to say. Jason of Maryland, yes, I think it could work with Carr. We've seen Carr do it, but it's being coached out of him. Gruden first, now McDaniels. That's that's a that's a point that you 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 know you have to think about and you have to analyze and say, okay, is that being coached out of him? Or is that something they're trying to coach? I would think that they're trying to coach that in him, not out of him. You know, that's
0: I know, but we've seen it go, we, we've seen it work both ways, where it's not just car, where, where players have mentioned how mm-hmm. this coaching staff is coaching things out of them that maybe they would have done with past coaches, past regimes in different years. Josh Jacobs, that two-point conversion against Kansas City, the coaches tell you, hey, don't stretch it out.
1: Don't stretch it out. Don't yeah. stretch
0: it out. Yep. So you could look at it and say, man, why didn't Josh do that? but he's listening to the coaches. And then they, the, you know, they are prioritizing. And that there's the something
1: to listening to the coaches, right? There's something to doing what you do and what you, you know, you're being taught to do and coached up to do. There's also, in my opinion, and it's just my opinion, I don't play in the league, never have, never will. There's also something to doing what you do instinctively, right? Sometimes instincts got to kick in too. And there's a reason why you got to the league because of the way that you played. It wasn't always necessarily waiting for this coach to tell you, okay, do this, do that, do that. Sometimes, and I think that, you know, we talk about, a lot of people say, put Derek Carr into an up-tempo offense or, or let him go out there and make the decisions. When he's doing that, I don't think he's worried about, oh, coach says throw it to Devontae or coach says throw it to Hunter. I think he's just, choo-choo-choo-choo, right? Just going and instincts kick in. I think the instincts have to kick in more often.
0: I see what you're saying about the instincts and like just playing free, but I think that that's going to be something that who, who matter no matter who the quarterback is going to be going forward. If it is Derek Carr, mm-hmm. that you're going to have to bump up against with that Josh McDaniels offense, right. where you have the geniuses, the savants of the offense, who can, who has the you know the what do you say the skins on the wall yeah. to say hey when I did it with Tom or just like getting that right. Super Bowl experience right. when this play this ball is supposed to go here on this play if you know obviously if you have the right look. So it's hard to tell him as the coordinator, as the coach, as the play caller, who has that success, hey, but that's not going to work. Right. What do you mean it's not going to work? I have the the yeah. resume to show you, right. to tell you that it works. Right. I got the rings. Exactly. <laughs>
1: Kiss the ring, B-I-B-I. I got it, right? If you want to go all the way, Jason, hit us back, though, on the don'tbebroke.com text line with a great point. Correct me if I'm wrong, but Carr was known for spreading the ball around, at least prior to this year. That's true. And I don't know – the thing about it is I don't know if – at times he's trying to spread the ball around or at times he's just trying. You know what I mean? Because it feels like this year it's been it's been hot and cold. It's been a lot of Devontae early, then it was spread the ball, then it was kind of back to Devontae. You know what I mean? I, it feels like it's just not not clicking yet as far as exactly how to operate in this offense, which would go to the point of a lot of people where they say, no, he needs to have one more year in this in this system. And that's what I was saying at the beginning of the year as well he's got to have at least another year in this system because every year he takes that step back when it's a new coordinator new coach and then the next year all of a sudden he you see how good he is and hell what after three years plus with with gruden's system you saw how much he had that down last year he could have called every play by himself because he had that thing down so so uh, you know so perfectly it's a new system it's a new scheme uh, again I'm not gonna make excuses for anybody because obviously it's a business that they don't they don't really stand for excuses it's either you succeed or you don't and more times than not, if you don't, you're going to be out on the outside looking in. For Derek, he's been fortunate that he's been able to be in the place that he's been with the Raiders for as long as he has. Because sometimes, you know, and, and a lot of that has to do with coaching changes and coordinator changes and all that. And it's like he keeps having to hit, hit the reset button. So, uh, you know, I, I, I it's f- funny, man. So many people hit us up and will think that, you know, like, hey, we're bashing the guy or, or this and that and the other. I will never bash him because of what he was able to do. With what he was given, and it wasn't a lot, I will always give him credit for that. But like many other people have said, it's okay to 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 want to t- take that next step or see that next step. So that's that's the fine line, you know. And that's a, a Ziggler, Kelly, McDaniel's question or answer is like, okay, is he going to take? <clears throat> excuse me, is he going to take that next step? Can he be that next guy that everyone's looking for, or is he going to be the guy that you're just you know you're you're used to seeing? And this is kind of what it is. That's. That's a question that they have to come up with the answer, not me. I don't have it.
0: Also, to speak to spreading the ball around – And that 2016 year that everyone likes to bring up so much, Amari Cooper and Michael Crabtree, they both had 80-plus receptions Mm -hmm. where it comes to spreading the ball out. I know that last year he had the most completions that he ever had in his career, and Hunter Renfro did have over 100 of them. Yeah, But he also had to spread the ball out around last year. So to Jason and Maryland's point, yes, Derek Carr can spread the ball around to the talent, but I do think that there is some of that my, like, the, believing in what the coaches are telling you and what you're supposed to see, but also, hey, but it's Devontae Adams. Right. And the, it's that counterpoint. It's a, it's, a fine, it's a fine line, It's a right? fine line, yes. Yeah. That he's only had that one season mm-hmm. to try to deal with.
1: Right, exactly. Which it, it makes it feel like the no-brainer would be you got to give him at least more time than just one year because he just got Devontae Adams, and so you got to see how this works. And statistically, Devontae's having a really good season. It's the last three games that have been, you know, very forgettable for Devontae Adams. Uh, we'll take your calls at 702-365-9200. We're also going to get you in to win that ultimate Raiders hookup. Uh who's up first, De- Devon? Tim in Texas. Tim, calling out the Lone Star State. Welcome to the show.
3: Hello. How y'all doing? Good, good. Yeah. Uh, um I um I know Derrick Carden took a lot of uh took a lot of mess from the fans and stuff like that, especially ever since he had got his injury and stuff. Uh in 2016, but um, and I and I and, and I mean, it, it is what it is with, De- with Derek Carr when it comes to cold weather. It just is what it is on, on situations like that. Uh, the only time I really seen him uh, win in cold weather was when they beat Cleveland. But they, you know, just uh, they was running the ball, running the ball. But this year, uh, I can't really – I just can't really – I can't blame Carr. I really can't blame him because I really I – really, uh, as, as, as much as I like McDaniels and I think he's a good coach – uh, most of the games that we lost this year, that's on it, it's on Josh McDaniels. The way that he changed, and, and I know we made mistakes and stuff like that, but I just feel like the, the, the situations that we was in, the plays that he was calling, uh, I just don't think we would have made those crucial type mistakes uh, if he wouldn't have called the plays that he was calling. Uh, and, I mean, he, he, he got real conservative uh, uh, in a lot of situations, and uh, especially in the second half of games when we was leading and i have i have never in my and i've been a Raiders fan for 30 something years i have never seen the raiders uh let let uh lose leads like that i've seen them come back but i've never seen them lose leads like that i just but i i i, I don't want nobody getting fired i really think that we're going to be good uh uh come next year but josh mcdaniels is going to have to switch up a few things and start listening to the players
1: okay <clears throat> good stuff, Tim. Thank you so much for that call, my man. I do appreciate you, and yeah, I mean, I guess in an ideal world, uh, well, maybe it's not ideal for some people. I I think that everyone would just you know run it back with some additions, defensive additions, offensive line additions, and see where you're at because I do feel like this team is close to being a good team. Thought they were going to be a good team this year, and it just didn't shake out that way. I think in a, in in my ideal world, that's how it would be with a, obviously an emphasis on the future as well, if that makes sense. At some point. Quarterbacks don't play forever. At some point, I mean, the guy's going to get replaced r- regardless, and I think that the Raiders need to, you know, start addressing what the future could look like. But, like I said, in my ideal world, you add a couple of tweaks here and there, and, you know, you run it back, you improve the defense, you improve the offensive line, and you give these a chance. But just because it sounds ideal in my world doesn't mean that it's ideal in the football world. Who's up next? Raider X. Raider X, welcome to the show.
4: Hey, guys. Hey, so uh, I, I just think that this offensive line is below average. And um, obviously, you know, with Carr uh, with under center, he needs an above average line. Just if, so we, Everybody's saying the same thing because they're seeing the same thing, the lack of mobility, the awareness, and then the time to throw the ball. And the O-line the o is overachieving, but um, they need some major work. Illuminor uh, is just not going to cut it. And then on top of that, you know, we need to get some depth, and then we need to upgrade it. The overall, you know, uh, guard position, uh, at least one of those guards. And then start thinking about who's going to, you know, be the long term or a replacement in a couple years for Miller. But like you said, you know, everybody kind of gets phased out. <clears throat> but uh, I do agree with you guys uh, in regards to getting a, getting a bull, you know, getting that true nose tackle, you know, a defensive nose tackle, and getting a, somebody that can just clog and demand double and triple teams to free up, you know, the ends. But getting back. You know, you guys hit all kinds of topics today. But that other one is about, you know, playing, you know, uh, playing not to fail, being afraid to to, to fail. And I think that's what it is when you're talking about, you know, that overall, you know, uh, robotic or having it predicted or scripted and uh, doing those things and going to that first, uh, you know, that, that first option. And I think it's just because if you don't go to that first option, let's say you go to that second option and say it's wrong. And sometimes people, you know, have that fear because what if they make the wrong choice and the ramifications? And I think that right now because of the stress is over the years and I think over that 2016 season, um, it's since a heartbreak. And um, I, like I said, I don't want to bash on the guy. I, I really do appreciate what, what uh, D.C. has brought to the team, the stability. Um, I think he's a he's a very good quarterback. He's just not that quarterback that's going to take us over the top. And I think that now the Raiders are expecting, or Raider Nation is expecting, because they've got a taste of it lately. This whole mm-hmm. new uh, regime, we want to go over the top, and right. it just ain't going to happen. But again, what I want to stop and end this with, you know, why? I want to know why. Why would why would we play Eric Carr the last two games? There's there's really no reason. Um, you know, I, again, you, you brought up a great point with the whole injury issue. Uh, I, I think we should just let him sit for business, for business purpose, and also kind of see what it looks like with a different quarterback under. Un, under. Doesn't mean he's the future, but it's just a different dude. That's it. Raider X out, brother.
1: Hey, thanks for the call, my man. I do appreciate you. And, yeah, that's again, that's a decision that the Silver and Black, the, the front office, is going to have to come up with. What do they do the next two games? So, We'll see how it shakes out, and uh, it's, it's going to be interesting. Again, uh, hopefully you check out the Raider Roundtable with uh, JT, Lincoln, and myself. We recorded it earlier. Raiders HQ gave you a little preview of it a little while ago. Matter of fact, let's go ahead and look for call number nine right now. Let's get you in to win the ultimate Raiders hookup, the final game of the season versus the Chiefs at Allegiant Stadium. I got a couple tickets for you. I also got uh, a couple of field passes, and I got an autographed jersey. Not going to give it to you right now, but I am going to get you in to win it by hooking you up with a $35 Raider image gift card. Hit us up right now. 702-365-9200. Call number 9 is what I'm looking for on Raider Nation Radio 920.
0: Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Hey,
1: Jason in Maryland has been very active on the don'tbebroke.com text line today, which is great. Fantastic. Got a couple texts he hit us with. Personally, I have no issue moving on from car, but I don't see the upgrade. Jimmy G is not an upgrade. I don't know that old is, is me, Brady, is one. And A Rod isn't available, so I don't know who we who the upgrade is. I don't think it's a rookie, so we just gotta wait and see. We saw Sidham get his helmet knocked off for a second teamers. Can you imagine what Bosa and Armstead are gonna do? It'll be a massacre. And he says, "Sorry, y'all, I'm on one today. I got a few more texts in me." LOL. That's from our guy Jason in Maryland. Uh, Demond, who did we get hooked up with the uh, Ultimate Raiders uh, uh, in to win for the gift uh, the gift package? Robert. All right, shout-out to Robert. He got uh, hooked up with a $35 gift card to the Raider image. We have another one of those coming up around 4 35 ish right at the end of this segment. Matter of fact, we'll do it one more time, run it back, get you hooked up. Want to get you uh, in Allegiant Stadium for the final game of the season. Versus Chiefs also want to give you an opportunity to get those tickets, field passes, plus an autographed Raider jersey. I think it's like the third or fourth time we've done this already. So uh, really cool that we had the opportunity to do that, and we're going to pass that along to you. You can hit us up at any point in the show and uh, comment on whatever you want to comment on. Uh, we've had a, a, a fun day talking about a lot of different topics like uh, Raider X hit us up and said 702-365-9200. And of course the don't be broke.com text line six nine one eight seven keyword R and uh, got a text from the 707. That's responding to what Lincoln Kennedy had to say uh, when JT asked him, can this offense work with all the guys that need the ball in their hand? Devonte Adams, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, Josh Jacobs. And matter of fact, just in case you're just tuning in, let's go ahead and run back real quick. What Lincoln had to say in response to that question that JT asked.
2: I played with. I played with Charlie Garner. I played with Tim Brown. I played with Jerry Rice. All on the field at the same time. Mm-hmm. It comes down to the quarterback and the quarterback decision making. Rich Gannon. I, I, I count. I can't tell you how many games I walked off the the the, the, the field after an unsuccessful offensive try where every single guy was crying that he was wide open. Why didn't he get the football? Rich Cannon came down. And he's like, look, there's only one football. I've got to find a way to spread it out. It's going to come down to quarterback decision-making. To answer your question, can it work? Yes. But it comes down to the decision-maker who's on the field. Not so much a play caller. It comes down to decision-making on the field. The quarterback has got to make the right decision. He cannot be programmed that this football has to go to Tim Brown. He cannot be programmed. This football has to go to Jerry Rice. That has to go to Charlie Garner. Whomever open the best to keep this team, it comes down to decision-maker on the field. That's how it's got to work.
1: There's Lincoln Kennedy right there. Raiders roundtables where you can hear that and a lot more from Lincoln, JT, and myself as we discussed the game. We talked about the upcoming game, and we talked about some tough decisions that the Raiders have to make moving forward. But in response to that soundbite from Lincoln Kennedy, you got a text from the 707 say, we've heard Carr say numerous times, that he only wants to do what the coach wants, but the defensive coach on the other team is getting paid too, and sometimes they know what the offense is trying to do. It's like Carr is trying to be uh, absolve uh, is trying to absolve himself of responsibility to read the defense and make plays on the fly. And I don't know if he's just trying to not have responsibility, or he's just trying to be too much of what we've heard uh, a, a person pleaser, right? Too many times he's wanted to please the coach with doing exactly what they want him to do and exactly where he thinks that they want him to go with the bar. It's designed to go. Sometimes you just got to kind of make something work. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But sometimes you just got to make it work. So that, that could be an issue.
0: I'm glad you said that. I was. I remember I was listening to the Pat McAfee show. I don't know if you've seen like the big profile they did about Andrew Luck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but so he was talking about just his time with Andrew Luck, and he just didn't think he was too much of a people pleaser, too much of a nice guy. So there are quarterbacks around mm-hmm. the league that a lot of people think, because I think that Raider Nation thinks it's specifically a Derek Carr problem. But no, there are just some quarterbacks right. around the league that, hey, I'm gonna do what the coaches tell me. This is where coach thinks this, the ball should go. So I'm gonna put the ball where coach wants it to go. Where where we see it so much that everyone thinks that a quarterback needs to be the alpha one, the the one of one, the Peyton Manning, where you see the clips and he's just barking at his offensive lineman and he what he get the nickname the sheriff because he's essentially the offensive coordinator as the starting quarterback. But that's not everybody. That's rarefied air one of one. Right. And so I'm just saying, like, it's not like, hey, get off Derek cars back. But also the quarterback that, that you want or the quarterback that you think that you need to some of those fans who think that they need to get rid of them, that guy doesn't grow on trees.
1: No, you're right. And sometimes it's just even easier, you know, to say, I'm going to do what the coach tells me to do because that's what, you know, like we're all taught that that's what we're supposed to do. Right. I, I think that goes with anything. Hey, I'm going to do this because this is what the boss wants us to do. Right? Sometimes, you you know, you got to kind of do you as well. Like sometimes, at at some point, sometimes you have to think a little bit, maybe a couple steps ahead or, hey, you know, this ain't working. Let me go ahead and do this. It's going to get the same result. And I know it's it's a fine line. It's hard to say do it because if you do it and it don't work, then all of a sudden, what the hell were you thinking? If you do it and it works, then you're a genius. Right? And so it's just, it's such a hard, and that's why it's the toughest position in sports. It really is because you have so much going into that thought process of what to do, how to do it, when to do it. It's just, it's not as easy as it sounds. Drop back, oh, there's somebody open, hit them. It's not that easy. It, w- it would be great if it was, but it's not. Uh, from Brad in the Bay Area, he hit us up on the don'tbebroke.com text line. He said, uh, earlier a caller pointed out that our plays are generally contested. The receivers always look covered. The opposing team's offensive plays are wide open. So even cars progressions just seem covered. I can't figure out why, as each play develops, Uh, either offense or uh, for the defense. It looks like if the other team has 13 players out there and we only have nine consistently. So basically what he's trying to say is that anytime you look, it seems like the guys are always covered. And I would say for the most part, a lot of times where you see the ball go, guys are covered. And you'll see Derek throw the ball. And this is something James Jones pointed out in the press box uh, a couple weeks ago. He said that – I forget Derek – I forget what play it was, but – Derek threw it, and it went over Devontae Adams' head. And it wasn't even close. Like, you knew he was just throwing the ball away, but Devontae was the nearest receiver there. So he said, watch, Q, is going to go down now as, you know, a target, a target for Devontae. That's not a real target, right? So he might have nine targets in the in the stat sheet, but really only four of them were legit. And if you go back, and so that, that has stuck with me ever since James Jones said that. That's a wide receiver that knows what he's talking about. So when I go back and look at the game on Saturday against the Steelers, yeah, he had, Devontae had, nine targets, but did he really? Right? I mean, how many balls went way over his head, weren't even close to him? I feel like he had maybe five at the most. Four of them were just throwaways, but he was in the area, so it's was just throw. But no, that's, that's a, a very
0: good point that you make there because, yeah, if you are just going to read the stat sheet, mm-hmm. and you could just say, well, Devontae, I, he did he's his getting, best. He's getting
1: the targets. He did his,
0: yeah, Carr did his best. Hey, maybe, it's, yeah, oh, man, that's such a good point there, man.
1: Right. And that's again, that's something that and, and that's that's just for me listening. Right. That's just for me listening to what a wide receiver who's been there, done that in the league, knows what he's talking about and knows what he's looking for. And so that's why he said that that stat, that that target stat, he hates it, because if you really go through a game and break it down, how many are real targets like I can go and watch that whole game? I can I can replay it tonight when I get home and write down everyone that was a legit target. I could think of the ones that he caught, Devontae Adams, that is. I could think of one that he tried to catch on the sideline that he was bobbling on the way out, out of bounds. That was right before halftime. I could think of the one that Derek missed him, where he was behind the defensive back and he just overthrew him. And even that, maybe on the first drive where he overthrew him and like it just sailed out of his hands. Mm -hmm. So maybe maybe that's six out of nine. But that's a big difference. When you're talking about six targets and two completions as opposed to nine targets and two completions. It's a big difference.
0: Because those nine targets, they officially in the, stat, in the stat sheet, that leads in the targets where you could say, mm-hmm. man, even in the games where he doesn't have that many completions, he's still trying to force it to Devonte. It really changes the narrative if you're not breaking it down and watching each play specifically.
1: Right, exactly. And again, you can go and even look, because obviously Devontae Adams is the leading receiver on the team, but you can go and look at his catches and his targets. And then you'd be like, oh, wow, he's had a ton of targets. Okay, but has he really... <laughs> He has 88 catches on 160 targets, 160. How many of those aren't legit targets? How many of those are throwaways? Like, I don't I don't know the answer to that. I'm just, you know, we've seen all the games, <laughs> right? Has, has, has Devontae Adams had 160 legit targets or has he had 160 balls near him? Right? That's the difference. Matt Collins has 52 catches on 87 targets. That's actually closer. That's actually closer to legit as opposed to Devontae Adams basically having double his receptions 88 catches on 160 targets there's no way you can go back and tell me that he had 160 or even 140 actual legit targets he may have had and I'm just spitballing he may have had what 125 maybe there's at least at least 30 throwaways as, as far as I'm concerned at least I don't know it for a fact but I would I would I would Venture to say that he had at least at least probably 30 to 35 throwaways that weren't anywhere close to him. 434 is the time. We'll come back. We'll hear from defensive coordinator Patrick Graham. But before we do that, we want to not hear from you, but we want to hook you up. $35 Raider image gift card. Again, it's going to get you in to win the ultimate Raiders hookup. Uh, It's a couple tickets to the game versus the Chiefs, the final game of the season, a couple field passes, plus an autographed Raider jersey you want to get in to win. 702-365-9200. Call number nine is what we're looking for. It's Raiders Radio 920.
0: Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q.
1: Got to give a big shout-out to my man Luther. He was called number nine, got in to win the ultimate Raiders hookup. A A couple tickets to the Chiefs game, final game of the season. A couple field passes in that Raiders autographed jersey. The drawing is coming up soon, so we'll continue to get you in to win with that $35 gift card to the Raider image should be a lot of fun. Your next chance to win will be on the morning tailgate with Clay Baker, Vinny Bonsignor and Heidi Fang. Uh, I was talking about, well, we've been talking about a lot of different things today. It's been a lot of fun, but I was talking about Devontae Adams targets that he has official targets over 160 of them. matter of fact, so far on the season, he has a, 160. Exactly has 88 catches. And I said, I don't really know how many are legit targets, but it ain't 160 of them. I know that for a fact and uh, we had one of our great listeners actually send us Wally, as a matter of fact, send us a a website and it's a fanny, fantasypros.com fantasy So it's almost like pro football focus where it's they're judging on what a catchable pass is and what's not a catchable pass. But just for example, for S's and giggles, we know Devonte Adams has 88 catches. According to these, these guys, 95 of them were catchable out of 160 targets. 95 were, were catchable. Now I don't, I don't sign up to for 1. I don't sign up for fantasy football. We all know how I feel about that. That's fine. I don't think there were 65 passes that were throwaways from Derek Carr, but I also don't think there was 160 legit targets there. Right? I think that there was a lot of passes that were not real targets, and that's going back to what James Jones said to me in the press box just a couple weeks ago that all targets are not created equal. And so that was just the point of that. I don't think it's that many. But I definitely believe that there's a great, a a, a good number, at least, of targets that aren't legit targets. But thank you, Wally, for that tweet. We definitely appreciate you. Um, Yeah. Matter of fact, got the got the text from the 707 as well saying the same thing. Uh, Appreciate that. Uh, Trey in Kansas City said, why are the best quarterbacks so good in the red zone? Is it play calling or is it the player? Um, (laughs) Right. Or is it both? Right. I thought and, and Trey, that's a great question. Obviously, players are what make the late league go, right? In the great Al Davis always said it's always about the players. Then Mark Davis always say it's all about the players. It is. The players make everything go. But the play calling, especially in the red zone, has a lot to do with it. And one of the reasons I was excited about this season and having Josh McDaniels as the play caller is because he's so good at designing plays and especially being successful in the red zone where, and Fabian will tell you, believe me, Fabian will tell anyone who will listen, that the Raiders aren't successful enough in the red zone. and So I thought, okay, this is going to be a season when you have Waller and you have Adams, who, by the way, is a red zone monster, right, that that's going to be – and Hunter Renfro can get open, as you saw on Saturday. I still won. You know, we talk about a lot of passes. That throw that Derek Carr made to Hunter Renfro to allow him to get in the end zone was probably the best throw I've seen in a very long time. That had to be in a certain spot, and he threw it there. All right, he could do that and JT said it earlier today, he could throw that same pass ten times out of ten times and it ain't gonna it ain't gonna look like that. That was perfect. If you throw that pass ten times, you may make it look like that twice. That's a very tough pass that really easily could have gone the other way if it was thrown off slightly. Could have easily gone the other way.
0: But then I think that's where people are just so conflicted with yeah. their car. I know. And I know it's hard to say because no, it you is. say that and it's
1: man. It's like having it's like having that that it's like having the great relationship. That's not great all the time. But, man, when it's great, it's fantastic. But when it's bad, it's bad. Ah, uh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we've all <laughs> been there, done that, right? We've all had that relationship with the one that is, man, this person is perfect. Until they're not, right? And, and you just can't decide. Do I move on? Do I stick it out? Is it worth it? Jay Valentine, my guy said it. She worth the trouble. Well, is it? Is it? Is, it, is, it, is this situation worth the trouble? Right? I mean, that's the decision that you got to make. But it is. Like you said, it's so conflicting because sometimes, whoo, it's fantastic. Other times, you're scratching your head like, what the hell? Why am I sticking around for this? Right? And we've all been there. <laughs> we've all been there, brother. <laughs> Life ain't easy. It ain't easy. So there's there's that. But yeah, I think you hit it on the head, Damon.
0: But also, when it comes to the red zone, I do think that – if, when you want to place the blame, I know it's always got to be someone's fault. Or if you want to do a percentage, let's just do a like a pie graph of it. I do think that more of that falls on Derek Carr when it comes to, as Lincoln said earlier as we played the clip, hey, you're the decision maker. Mm-hmm. You have to decide where that ball is going inside the red zone.
1: Right. Vegas Pete hit us up on the com text line. I, I could appreciate this text. We have the meats, as Arby says. We just keep beating ourselves. That's fixable. Having no talent makes you the Texans. We could play with anyone. I love that text for multiple reasons. One, and I've said this before and I have no disrespect to Arby's at all. But have you ever heard anyone like leave the job and or leave you know, like people leave the job and they're gonna go pick up lunch and be like, Hey, I'm gonna go to Arby's?
0: Like I never hear people say that. I know one person and you're gonna laugh and you're gonna say it makes sense. Who? Jared. That does make sense. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah,
1: that makes sense. And again, no disrespect, because at at one point they had a sandwich there that my dad introduced me to that I really liked. And so I remember leaving the house one night and telling the wife, hey, let's go get some Arby's. But for the most part, whoever says like, hey, you know, people always say, hey, I'm going to run up the street to so-and-so, or I'm going to run to the corner store. Do you want something? I do that all the time, right? How often do I be like, hey, I'm going to the corner store. You need something? But I never, ever, ever hear anyone be like, hey, man, I'm going to Arby's. You want something?
0: There is an Arby's right around the corner.
1: I wouldn't know that. <laughs> I've never heard anyone say they're going. I've heard people say, hey, let's get Grimaldi's. Let's go, you know, or I know that there's a, what, was that, Carl's Jr. around the corner? Is that what's around the corner No, today? Jack and Bucks. Is that Jack? Okay, there he goes. That shows you what I know. But, yeah, I just never hear anyone being like, hey, man, I'm going to go out to lunch. You want to go to Arby's? Like, I never hear anyone say that. Like, I, I know that they're open. There's plenty of them around town. There's plenty of them across the country. So pe- someone's going. I just don't know. Like, I never hear anyone be like, hey, man, I'm going to Arby's. Let's go to Arby's for lunch. I never hear that. I know right now some of the Arby's is like, well, the hell with you. Never going to advertise with you guys. It's not the case. But if you want to. But if you want to, <laughs> you can, and I'll talk about you. Actually, I'm giving you a lot of free pub like right now. I just never hear it. I mean, do you ever hear anybody saying that? Again, I'm not trying to sound like a jerk to the Arby's. I just, I've never
0: heard it. Never heard anyone say that. Shout out to Jared. I hope he's listening right now because he'll be pumping his fist. Yeah, because he's the only person I know that's like. Jared's hey.
1: the only person that does a lot of things, though. I mean, if if we're being one hundred percent honest, we're keeping it a buck. Jared is the only one who does a lot of things. Jared will buy a jersey of some rando player and wear it with pride. I've seen more Gardner Minshew, Bryce Petty. Um, what else? Who else does he have? Oh, man, Jared has the I'm most. I'm living
0: proof he bought me a Brian Hoyer jersey. Brian Hoyer. Don't know what to do with it. Jared will find a $10
1: jersey of anyone. I don't care what swing of D it is, he'll find it. Like, he probably has an Andre Holmes jersey, right? Or some. You know what I mean? Someone rando that you would never see. I don't even know where he finds this stuff. We have in our ESPN Las Vegas studio right now, we have uh, what's that big inflatable that we have in there? It's a Ben Wallace. Yes, he has a big old Ben Wallace inflatable in the ESPN studio just because. And I think he paid 10 bucks for it. Like Jared is the king of rando. He will do the most rando things and he will buy the most rando stuff. Love him to death. Great guy. Helps out a lot. He's always willing to, you know, back us up and do whatever we need, you know, done here. But he will wear some rando stuff and he will buy some rando stuff. So when you tell me that Jared will say, hey, I'm going to go to Arby's, none of that surprises me at all. That's how rando he is. Cucamonga Rayer says, hey Q, the play calling has been suspect this year and the play at D.C. has been up and down. Do you think we need a quarterback with more cojones that could challenge the play calling and or game plan leading up to the week? I feel like DC and McDaniels don't compliment each other. You need constructive conflict in any relationship. Not a yes-man kind of guy. We all know Brady wasn't quiet. Maybe that's why McDaniels and him work. Just my two cents. That's a possibility. And honestly, I wish I had the answer to that. I I wish it was that simple that I could just be like, yeah, that's it. Or no, that's not it. I I wish that I I could put my finger on it. Only Coach McDaniels knows what kind of guy he's, he's more comfortable working with. Like, I know what kind of people I'm comfortable with working with. I'm comfortable with the guys that are go-getters, want to work really hard, you know, are going to do stuff extra, go out of their way, want to be the best at everything. Like, those are the kind of guys that I want to work with. The guys are going to push the hell out of you. That's why the guys that push me are always going to be, you know, my, my, my kind of boss. Because I know that, hey, I, I want to make sure that I'm pushing my heart, myself as hard as they're pushing themselves, or, or vice versa. I don't like lazy. And, well... You know, who, who who knows who knows what what Coach McDaniels is looking for? Uh, Jason in Maryland, who said he was on one. He's got plenty of text left in him. He's 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 hitting us back with another one. To the red zone play calling issue, Carr and the Raiders were a top ten red zone percentage team in the first four years in the league. In his first four years in the league. It only dropped to the twenties when Gruden took over and we're still there. Well, I mean, if you had said the last four years, that would have been one thing, right? I mean now I mean we're way past the first 4 years. I mean you're talking about year 9 now. So uh, as much as that could be a thing and, and be statistically I know it is, but that I mean that's so far in the rearview mirror that doesn't even matter anymore. Trey in Kansas City said never doubt the fantasy nerds. <laughs> I got you. I got you. I can appreciate that, Sir Whiskey Ray Q and D. I'm all for drafting defensive playmakers in the upcoming draft. I want guys who fly to the ball and cause havoc. I hate saying this, but I want an elite defense like the 49ers. I'm also sick and tired of our bonehead penalties, which puts us 10 to 15 yards behind the sticks. It has to change. I'm frustrated, gentlemen. That's from Sir Whiskey Ray. And that's that's one of the issues with the lack of the run game in the second half. I know that's not completely the reason why they didn't run the ball. I know the Steelers had a lot to do with it, and it just kind of got away from them. But how many times did the Raiders look up and they were at first and 15 or second and 15? Or third and 12. You know what I mean? It's like It was always it felt like they lived the whole second half in second and long and third and long. That's a problem as well. They got to they gotta stop doing that. That's, and I know it's, it's not just a Josh McDaniel staff thing. It's not just a John Gruden staff thing. It's just traditionally been the Raiders thing where they, they're behind the chains more times than not. And a lot of times they find ways to get out of it, which is credit to them. But other times it just seems like it doesn't give that, that drive a chance. And then they ultimately end up punting. I think they punted way too many times on Saturday.
0: Oh, I just looked it up because I was, you know, the penalties. They're the third most penalized team in the league with 101. Cardinals are heading 103 and the Denver Broncos are leading the league at 107. Right. But it's one of those, I I didn't think about how many that they did have. Like, oh, oh, they're a pretty penalized team. But yeah, third most, it surprises me looking at it, but no, it shouldn't. Right. Because we see it game in and game out that this team, they're always, it's self-inflicted, yep. as the team likes to say.
1: Yep, it is. And it's, it's, they're not wrong, right? And perfect example is that, you know, Foster Morrow penalty, that face mask, that offensive face mask was a killer. That was such a big momentum shift. And I know you don't believe in momentum, but that was such a big momentum shift with Josh Jacobs running downhill, giving them juice. Had everyone fired up watching the game. Go, JJ, go, JJ, only to find out flag on the play. And I know as soon as I saw there was a flag on the play, I was like, oh, holding's coming back. To find out that it was a face mask on a block, that's just, that's just, that's a, that's, that's a kick in the stones, man. That's like, you know what I mean? Like, that's what can't happen. And I know some will say that that's the, 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 the actual penalty is what sprung JJ. I think that it may have a little something to do with it. But man, it just looked like a really good play call that got negated and those are those are backbreakers man to know that you just lost all that yardage his best run of the night you lose because of a dumb penalty
0: Where, Yeah, yeah may not believe in momentum but i do believe in you know, you're not going to strike lightning twice on that same play right. so if you do lose that so what you mean by momentum yes of now you got to come back and now you got to try to run another play and it's it's demoralizing for sure right for everybody on the sideline Josh Josh Jacobs included of man what could have been
1: right I got you. Uh, Got a text from the 707. Not a fan of the play calling and lack of adjustments. However, regarding player needs, we need straight ball hawks and road graders. I like it. I like it. Thank you for that text. Also, Jason hit us up again. The point is red zone efficiency is largely a product of play calling, and ours is just as bad as it was with Gruden. Follow me. I got you. I got you. Believe me, I I understand what you're saying. I'm just saying going back to the first four years of Derek Carr in the league, none of that matters anymore, right? The coach that, that the Raiders had was John Gruden. He's gone. The coach that they have right now is Josh McDaniels until they don't. So it's, it, it's, it's what it's got to be. Now, can that get better under McDaniels and Carr? Or does one or both need to be replaced? I know one's not going anywhere for sure. Coach McDaniels isn't going nowhere. He's going to have at least, in my opinion, just my opinion, at least next year to get things figured out. Carr, they have options. I don't know if they're going to exercise them or not. Again, that's not my call. That's the guys in the front, the smart dudes. Like Freddie Coleman on ESPN would say, the smart guys. <laughs> I'm not a smart guy. We'll go out to the phone lines one time, though. 702-365-9200. Is this a smart guy? Raider Anthony. Raider Anthony's smart. What's on your mind, brother?
0: What up, Q?
5: Love the show, man. Um,
1: you know, just going back on a few things that you
5: mentioned, uh, you know, how many times did we look up this season it was first and 15? I think,
4: mm-hmm. you
5: know, Derek Carr always seems to be the, you know, the, the one that everyone's going after. Um, but, you know, if the team's going to stick with, with Josh McDaniels and give him another year for the, for the sake of consistency, I think, you know, the best option is probably to keep Carr, too. I mean, yeah, he's the catalyst behind some of the losses, but I think so is McDaniels with some of the play calling earlier in the season with the Chiefs game. And then going back, like you said, about penalties, you know, Illuminor. How many false start penalties did he have that killed us in the second half? Foster Moreau with that bonehead freaking uh, face mask uh, against Pittsburgh, and he he played. You know, when, when the camera went back on him, he was like looking in the, in the sky, like, "What? I didn't do anything." And he literally had that player's face mask for like five seconds, <laughs> and that was a drive. And that was like a, a drive where it looked like we were going somewhere. Yep. You know, and that and that just totally killed the momentum. Uh, you know, it, so like like you're just saying right now, if they're going to bring back. McDaniels to try to keep things consistent and not just go one and out, one and out with the coach. I think with Derek Carr, I mean, look at Rich Gannon. You know, he was Mm -hmm. an MVP for the Raiders, but he was a journeyman most of his career. He didn't really come out of his own until his you know 11th, 12th season in the league. Yeah. So I think the best thing we could do is just kind of bring them both back. Like I said again, for the for the sake of consistency and hope that he can play out next year. And you know, if we have a season that ends up like this again next year. Then what? We got a good shot at going after Caleb Williams and and possibly setting up our future to look really bright and good for
1: him. There you go. Thank you for the call. Way to close this out, my man. I definitely appreciate you. And that could be it could be as simple as that. It really can. They ultimately could say, you know what? I'm gonna improve this, gonna improve that, and we're gonna run it back. I think they'd have to do something contractually. You know, I think they'd have to do something with the contract as far as uh how much money he makes. Maybe they they do some kind of I don't know restructure. I, I I have no idea. That's again not the smart guy. They'd have to do something to move forward. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. Appreciate all the feedback. Four fifty six at the time. Raider roundtables up next. It's Raider Nation Radio over nine twenty.